Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 619 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And Pilsy is still on vacation, but he did join me for our interview coming up today with Ottawa Senators' fifth round pick in the 2022 draft, Cameron O'Neill. Fantastic conversation about his upbringing in hockey, growing up in Maryland, kind of a rare place for an NHL prospect, but we also get into his draft day experience and choosing UMass over North Dakota. All that's coming up. Plus, I'll put a stamp or a bow, I should say, on the World Junior Hockey Championship where good news turned into great news with an update on Ridley Gregg's health. All that coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senate Podcast, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Monday, August 22nd. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to like every video by clicking the thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. We're on our road to 3,500. It's going to be a fun milestone to hit. And also, leave a comment as well. The comment we want to know is, with Ridley Gregg, how safe do you want to play it? With his health, does he miss the start of training camp, just the rookie tournament? I'll tell you the exact update that GM of Team Canada and the Ottawa 67s, James Boyd, gave the boys over at TSN 1200. But I also want to mention the YouTube channel. We've got some exclusive content going out just there, and it is the organizational value rankings. We have eight tiers. They're dropping every Tuesday and Thursday over the next month, and Well, the first two are already available to you. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can put in your queue and watch it after. If you're driving, if you're listening to this in audio form, then, well, you've got some extra coverage if you'd like to follow along. Uh, Tier 6, which is the Still Prospects tier, will be coming out tomorrow. And as I said, Pilsy will rejoin me on Wednesday, where we have a fantastic Send Central Citizen with Jimmy Hyde. We are going all the way across the world and down under to Australia, our third Australian Send Central citizen. If you missed any Send Central citizens, we do have our playlists on YouTube available for you as well. Make it nice and easy to go find those out. All right, enough administrative stuff. We've got a fantastic interview to get to. And on the other side of it, I'll break down the World Juniors. But first, the update on Ridley Gregg. James Boyd was on 1200 and he says... It's nothing super serious. We know it's a separated shoulder. Bob McKenzie said that as much as Ridley Gregg gave the one-arm trophy carry around. They kind of do the whole Stanley Cup thing at the World Juniors. If you missed it, phenomenal game. But again, I'll save that for the other side because we want to get into our chat with Cameron O'Neill. And before we get to it, a quick word, and it's more of a PSA than an advertisement, but it is super important, and that is to eliminate drunk driving like here's the situation you're hanging out with some friends you're putting back a few drinks a few becomes a few too many sometimes and as the evening comes to an end people start to head out and you think of calling for a ride nah you live nearby you can make it home okay it's no big deal what are the odds you'll get pulled over anyways and if so 
what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you could even kill someone. You know, everyone knows the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, it still doesn't stop enough people from getting behind the wheel under the influence. And that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads. The whole point is to save lives. So if you're able to, if you think you're able to drive after a few drinks, think again. Just play it safe. Why not? Uber's right there. Car share, taxi, super easy. Get a ride with a friend, a designated driver. It only take one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, now let's get to our interview with Ottawa Senators 2022 fifth round pick. It's Cameron O'Neill. All right, we now welcome on a very special guest who just had a very special day about a month ago when he was selected 143rd overall by the Ottawa Senators in the 2022 NHL Draft. He attended the Mount St. Charles Academy over the last few years, and now he's taking his talents to the USHL before heading to the University of Massachusetts. Cam O'Neill, welcome to Locked On Senators. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you guys? Doing fantastic, man. We got a lot we want to get into with you. You know, how you fell in love with the game, who your influences were. But first question's pretty easy. You scored 57 goals and had 133 points in 62 <laughs> games last year. How much fun was hockey? It was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, definitely the most fun year of hockey I've had. So. No doubt. I mean, <laughs> you, you kind of, I mean, you scored two points per game the year before, but like what clicked? I think just the mental side of the game uh, had a lot of confidence and the consistency side of it. Um, just every single game bringing my all, no matter who we were playing, and kind of just helped to the point side. It's unreal, and man. Now, how how important was it that you had a chance to play so many games? Like 62 games, I'm looking at your elite prospects and that seems to be the most that you played in a season like mm -hmm. what was that grind like playing 62 and how were you able to carry so much success through a long season like that I mean I love playing that many games because the year prior with COVID I think we only played like 30 so to have a normal year it felt awesome and I mean it was a little bit of a longer year but I think just taking care of yourself and um yeah it was it wasn't bad I think uh it was kind of spread out over eight months so it wasn't too hard. And especially, uh, you know, when we were playing four or five games a weekend, you just had to, um, oh, what was that? Oh, sorry about that. All good. All good. All good. Someone just crashed <laughs> there. Um, no, but, uh, just taking care of your body. Uh, our coach was very, uh, very big fan on, on the ice baths. So we'd have to oh, do that nice. every single weekend, uh, mandatory. So, yeah, just taking care of your, your body. That was the biggest thing. Are you yeah. a fan of the ice baths? I mean, no, not when you get in there, but after, yeah, because it definitely helps the next game. Yeah, it's just kind of a recovery thing? Yeah. yeah. So before we start going forward in the next stop on your journey towards the NHL, I want to go all the way back. I mean, you're from Odenton. I hope I pronounced that right, in Maryland? Uh, Odenton. Odenton. All right. Yeah. And you played for Team Maryland as starting at a pretty young age. I'm seeing 13U here. Like, mm -hmm. where was your first love for hockey? Where did you discover it? And then ultimately, when did you start thinking, hey, I'm pretty decent at this? Uh, so I was pretty much born into hockey. Uh, I have two older brothers. So growing up, I would go to every single one of their games, practices, and just wanted to be just like them. 
So they were my role models. So just from a very young age, I wanted to play hockey. And I think I probably put the skates on for the first time at like age three. So they didn't throw I, you in goal. No, I mean, <laughs> maybe out on the street playing street hockey today, but I actually like playing goalie like that. But yeah, I think just from a young age, I loved hockey and it's what I wanted to do ever since. Yeah, that's awesome. Ross and I are both uh, goalies, so we always try to do a little scouting on uh, any yeah. new uh, Sens players to see if they played. Especially the younger in, brothers. In the that's that's where it's most likely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Usually, you get stuck in the net there. But uh, I read an article, Cam, that was saying that a lot of your friends and uh, people um, people around you, other than your family, obviously, were into other sports. Like it was uh, it was mm-hmm. lacrosse, baseball, all that kind of stuff. So when when you're off playing hockey, was it easy to kind of stay focused and that's like your own little world? aside from your friends or what was that dynamic like growing up as a kid you just loved hockey but no one else uh, in your kind of peer group seemed to be that interested yeah it was a little different just because you know everyone around me is playing other sports you don't really have your hockey friends but I think it was easy because uh, you know you have your teammates and those are probably my closest friends growing up and especially now I mean four of my closest friends here at home all play hockey and that's who I hang out with the most and you know, luckily went to school with them away too. So it was a lot of fun, but I think you just got to have, um, you know, your hockey friends and then your friends away from hockey. That's awesome. And it, I was reading as well that uh, you're not the first from your area to be drafted. Was it Jared Tenorti who kind of set the tone for, for the area you grew up in? I I don't know who that is. So No, no. no. Okay. No, that's strange. I guess uh, he attended the same middle school and high school as you. Uh, oh, wow. defensive for the New York Rangers. So anyway, years I'll, earlier, a yeah. couple <laughs> years. I know for you and me, Pilsy, it's just like, we're getting old anyways. All yeah. good. Uh, yeah. there was a photo of you two wearing a Canucks Jersey. Are you, uh, what was your team growing up? Um, I'm a Caps fan. Cap, I, I mean, that's, fan, yeah. that makes sense being the, the hometown Maryland, team. Yep. Yeah. Did you get out to many games as a kid? Yeah. I went to uh, a few games every year. So that was a lot of fun. Nice. I mean, 2018, kind of the, the height of that. Yeah, went went to a few games on that playoff run. Yeah, Ooh. what was your favorite memory of that whole run? I think um, I was watching uh, the final game where they won. I was in a a hotel with a bunch of my buddies. We're at a spring tournament, and I think just watching it with a bunch of Caps fans, like we were going nuts watching them win that. How far is is where you're from to where the Caps play? Uh, it just depends on traffic. It could be like an hour. Or it could be two so, hours. So it's not too far then. Cool. Still. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Okay, cool. Nice. And I, I'm assuming this is probably the easiest question. Uh, Ovi, being an offensive player, is probably your, your go-to favorite player. Yeah, love Washington. <laughs> Fair Can't enough. blame you there. Yeah. What's, uh, <laughs> what's your favorite playoff series you've ever seen the Caps play? Was there one that sticks out? I mean, this might even be before your time where you're locked in, but I mean, him and, and Crosby obviously had a few battles back. They were in, exchanging in hat tricks that one series. Yeah, that was, that was wild. Unreal. I think I'm going to go with 2018 where they beat the Penguins just to yeah. see them finally beat them yeah. after being tortured by them every single year. That felt good. To yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. So the next stop for you is tri city. You got a little mm-hmm. taste there. What was your first impression of moving to the USHL? Uh, it was it was quite a jump, but I think I loved it. Uh, it was very interesting. I think kind of going in there first game, get a goal, like it, it felt good. And once I got that, uh, I was comfortable, but uh, definitely a faster pace of play from what I was used to, but I, I think I could handle it. 
Yeah, and not only is that a change in competition level, but like you mentioned, a lot of your buddies were your teammates uh, on your other team. So now you get introduced to a whole new roster of players. Mm-hmm. How um, how kind of tricky was it not only leveling up in competition, but now you got all new line mates, new coaches, new systems, new practice times, all that kind of stuff. How tough was that transition for such a short period of time there? Uh, it definitely was a little bit hard, but all the guys on Tri-City were amazing. I mean, it was nice, a great group of guys. So they took me in right away and everyone was so helpful, you know, reaching out, just making sure I was comfortable. And I mean, first game, they put me with two of the best players on the team. So it was That's always a good feeling. Yeah, it, it felt <laughs> good. And, you know, they, they made sure that I played well and that I felt comfortable. That's awesome. And looking at the program itself, the Tri-City Storm, I mean, just last year, Carter Mazur, Matthew Nyes, I think they had seven NHL drafted prospects. So clearly an organization that's doing the right thing. And for you, it's a stop stopgap year, more or less, in terms of transitioning from the high school game into your commitment to the University of Massachusetts. What went into choosing UMass and what are you most excited about from making the jump there after your year at USHL? Uh, I think the big, the biggest thing was uh, Coach Greg Carbell. Uh, He's a former Senators either assistant coach or he has a connection to Ottawa, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, he coached in Ottawa. So nice. when I got drafted, he texted me about that. He's he's like, yeah, it's a great place. Like, I'm happy for you. But um, he was a big reason um, when I met with him on campus. Like after I left his office, it's like, like this this feels like home. Like this is a place you know I I could see myself going. And after I left campus, I was like, yeah, I think this is the place where I want to be and committed, committed a few weeks later. So nice. Did you check out any other schools? What were your other options you were looking at? So my top three schools were uh, UMass, North Dakota and Penn state. Obviously, you know, the Sens have quite the history drafting out of North Dakota. I'm yeah, a big so Nodak guys just yeah. down the street, but uh, UMass, you said just the campus. It's also a little closer to home. Just yeah, a quick Google. It's like a six hour drive, give or take. Yeah. It, it's about six, seven hours. I think North Dakota is just so far. Like hundred percent. It'd be tough. You know, I want my family to be able to come to my games. So no, it makes total sense. I'm just looking up Greg Carville too. Pills. He was the Sens assistant coach during the glory years, like Oh five to 2011. So Cam, you got oh, lots wow. of, yeah. lots of knowledge to get out of him, man. He saw like yeah. the Danny Heatley's, the Daniel Alfredson's, Jason Spezza, all those guys come through Ottawa. So that's going to mm-hmm. be a great guy. And obviously he's been at UMass since 2016. So he has the championship pedigree. Did you commit before or after UMass won the national title? It was after. So it was September. Of, I'm sure uh, that helps though. Yeah. Definitely. Having the prestige of that at the end of the day too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm that's really excited awesome. about it. So. That's awesome. Oh, another <laughs> thing we want to bring up with you is uh, Sens Dev Camp. You had your first glimpse of the city of Ottawa, of spending some time there. What's your biggest takeaway now? It's been a few weeks to have it digest. Uh, yeah, Sens Camp was awesome. I mean, just meeting all the guys, getting a look at the city and then all the facilities. I think yep. it was it was amazing. And, you know, one thing I'll take away is, you know, the fan base was awesome. I mean, going out to the first skate and – there's fans everywhere in the rink. Like, wow, like I've, I've never had that happen before. And there's media everywhere. And then the three on three tournament, like there's fans everywhere in the rink, like it just shows how much the fans care and how much they love this team. First time visiting Ottawa ever in your life. Yep. First time that's I've been awesome. to Toronto before, but yeah, first time that's, that's awesome. It's a nice city, eh? especially in the summer. Yeah. You, you guys, nice. I saw you guys had a chance to go to blues fest as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So downtown, it was awesome seeing everything. What uh, what did you guys see? What did you guys see at Blues Fest? 
Some 41 and Alexis on yeah. fire, right? Lot, Some 41. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, to us, that's what we those are, those are right yeah. up my alley. Yeah, those yeah. are two Alexis on fire is like my favorite band mm-hmm. ever. So, yeah. but a lot of uh, a lot of the prospects probably don't uh, don't know them. Who who were your uh, the other two guys on your three on three team? Uh, it was five. So I had uh, Donovan. Um, nice. I had Novak. Um, what did I have? Blank in here. Um, that's all right. That, those two guys fill out uh, th- three players. So yeah, yeah, no doubt. So yeah, by, by that answer. though, I have a feeling that you guys didn't get to lift the trophy. No, I did. What? Oh. So you don't remember? You, I thought when you win together, you stick together. I mean, come on, you got to be on the hot seat here. Well, Ross, <laughs> you're on the hot seat, assuming Cam didn't get the W here. Well, I just figured he'd know his teammates if he was <laughs> the winner. You didn't watch the video? No, I mean, I mean, <laughs> the Instagram post. <laughs> there you go. I should have that printed uh, up because Lats, we had Carson Latimer on. He goes, Yeah, we're the president's trophy winner. Said they won the round robin. So, yeah, hey, you guys we were, took it from we were last place. We no way. Ended up Destiny. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Cinderella story. Are we you sure that Dono that. didn't pull anything with his old man? Yeah, maybe we gotta I look at that. I think it was pretty fair. Okay, we gotta <laughs> check the game notes. Who was that? Who was someone that was there? And I know you're focused on what you're doing as well. Your first camp, kind of, as you mentioned, kind of wide-eyed, bushy tail with all the fans and everything. But was there anyone else you just hadn't heard of before? Where when maybe you're on the bench at the three-on-three or whatnot, where you're like, damn, like he jumped out at, at me, and I didn't really know anything about him before the week um yeah there's a lot of guys like that i wasn't too familiar with anybody but i'll say uh ridley greg uh yeah nice. just seeing him out there it was like wow i mean just how hard he works and kind of does everything right so and i mean you could say that about almost any guy there just right. everyone works so hard but yeah, yeah he was, apologies he was for the canada jersey behind me i know you're a good u.s kid but you know yeah. it's that time of year but uh, uh-huh. hey there is there is one connection though you were telling us before you skate with Stephen Halliday before and as recently or maybe since, but right before the draft. And then all of a sudden you guys are on the same team. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So is that just kind of a coincidence that you guys skate together or how did your relationship begin? I, I say, I would say it began pretty much at since dev camp. That's okay, cool. Became friends, but yeah, I mean, like we skated with each other yesterday. Um, little like 5v5 game so we skate with each other a couple times a week how's he looking pretty good yeah because he he's off to college next season so he'll be able to kind of tell you what to expect at that ncaa level eh? that'll be a nice guy to lean on Mm -hmm. and also he can let you know about the ushl he had a big year with uh the Dubuque fighting saints i'm pretty sure he's like top five in league history in in scoring Am, am i wrong at that he is. He lit yeah. it up. Yeah. We've, we've talked to each other uh, a lot about the USHL. He's given me some tips and stuff. So it's nice that we've met. That's awesome. Yeah. Last thing for me, and really appreciate you joining us, Cam. I know that uh, it's been a whirlwind of a summer, not knowing where you're going to go. All of a sudden, it's it's Ottawa, a place you've never been. And um, and now you've got some time here before training camp with, um, with the USHL. But what were the conversations like, whether it was with Sean Donovan or Jesse Winchester or maybe the management with the Senators? What are they expecting to see out of you next year to take a step forward in your development? Um, I think just, uh, you know, more just off ice, just having a really good routine every single day and just kind of training like a pro. And then, you know, get a little bit faster, get a little, a little bit stronger and just keep playing my game and getting better. Um, they know um i have a few years before i'm even ready so just take my time um 
it's not going to happen right away. So just, just keep getting ready every, keep getting better every single day. And you know, when the time comes, I'll be ready. Yeah. I like that. That's the thing. Like you can only kind of work on what's in front of you. You don't have to yeah. look too far ahead. You got a big season coming up on a great team in the Tri-City Storm in the USHL. So your, uh, your work's cut out for you now and you can mm-hmm. get ready for that. Final question for me, Cam, um, uh, take us through your draft day. Like I love hearing about guys draft day. It's gotta be probably the best day of your life so far, at least one of the big ones. So take us through what your day looked like when you were selected by the Ottawa Senators. Uh, yeah. So I was at home and um, just my family at home watching with me and uh, we saw Ottawa was on the clock and I knew that they were pretty interested. I, I had a feeling like could be this pick cause I knew I was going to be around the fifth round and it was kind of taking a little, little long and everyone was getting anxious. And then, yeah, saw my name pop up and you were like, Oh my God, like everyone started freaking out. And I kind of blanked out. I was like, Oh my God, like, I can't even believe this is happening. Like just something you dream about and to see your name on that draft board. Like it's just something you can't even describe. And then, so, um, go ahead, go ahead. And then after, you know, we had a lot of friends and more family come over and just celebrate it. So it was a lot of fun. I was going to say, uh, it begged the follow up. I know we said last question, a little trick of the trade. I asked the last question, then he asked the last question. But yeah. you said that you had a good feeling about Ottawa. What was that based on your pre scout meetings with them? You just felt like there was a connection there? Yeah. So I had a really good interview with them. And then um, my agent just kind of saying, yeah, Ottawa's really interested. And they have three fifth round picks. Like it just seems yeah. like it could work out. But he's like, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But I think I have a strong feeling it's going to be Ottawa and he turned out to be right. So it's pretty cool. That's so cool. Well, welcome to the organization, man. As you saw from a development camp in the middle of July, the passion of Sens fans is year round and we're excited to follow you this season and beyond this season with the Tri-City Storm and then at the University of Massachusetts camp. Thank you very much, man. We look forward. Hopefully we'll have you on again later on. Yep. Thank you guys. Stick taps to Cameron for joining us. Really appreciate the conversation and getting to know him a little bit better. Of course, Team Maryland star. And how much fun would hockey be if you could score 130-plus points in 50 games? Of course, it'll be a little bit different for him now going to the University of Massachusetts after a full season in Tri-City. But we're going to be following along to see the offensive potential and whether or not Cam O'Neill can get on the radar for a real NHL contract eventually down the road, but it's one of those fifth round picks where you're betting on the upside and certainly Cam has that. So lots of great stuff there. Again, if you missed any interviews, you want to go catch up on some, we've got a a playlist on YouTube. You can go on the audio platform, wherever you get your podcast and go. And we had Angus Crookshank on Friday. That was phenomenal. Igor Sokolov last Monday. And we've got a few big ones coming up soon a reminder that we will be going back to five shows per week on september 13th and that is the start of the week where rookies report for ottawa senators training camp and then the rookie tournament in buffalo starts september 16th so ridley greg we mentioned just before the interview that he has a separated shoulder but it's not too severe what do you want to do with him do you put him in the rookie tournament where i would expect he would have played as most players from the development camp roster would be there? Or do you hold him out for training camp and hope that he can earn a spot on the NHL team? I'm I'm leaning towards just holding him out until mid to late September and allow him extra time to heal because we saw what happened 
with Shane Pinto. You can never be too careful, especially with these separated shoulders. Give it as much time to heal as possible. Of course, Ridley Gregg, fantastic at the World Juniors, was named player of the game in two out of the four full games he played. He finished the tournament with five games, although was hurt in the first period of that fifth game. Had three goals, three assists, averaging third-line minutes, 11 minutes and 31 seconds. So he was a matchup center, but certainly did his job well before leaving with injury. The top scorer at the World Juniors from a Sens prospect point of view was Roby Arventi. How about the, the game he had in the semifinals to get Finland to the finals? Four points on five Finland goals. Finished the tournament with four goals, five assists in seven games, averaging 14 minutes. And then everyone else was, I'd say, more pedestrian. Zach Ostapchuk, gold medalist. How's that? Um, but he, he was more of a depth piece, a guy, energizer, four checker, finished with one goal. It was the 11th goal and 11-2 win over Slovakia, and then two assists as well. Tomas Amara, his first appearance as a Sens prospect, had two assists in seven games, 18 minutes and 14 seconds. After a really tough first game, he was able to battle back and had a great uh, rest of his tournament, uh, really stabilizing that Czechia defense, allowing them the opportunity to play for bronze, ultimately losing to Sweden in that game. And back to Finland with, with the goaltender, Levy Marilainen. Three and one record, sure, that's nice, but an 893 save percentage. And the Finnish coach decided in the semis, I'm riding this hunch. I'm going to go with the other guy. And uh, Yukari, I might be butchering that name, but uh, the other goalie went in for Finland, undrafted, passed over, and uh, he was unreal. Had a shutout in the semis and was a big reason why the finals against Canada went to overtime. And Tyler Clevin, the K-Train, was his physical self. Third in ice time amongst Team USA defensemen, but he also finished with the worst plus minus as well. And take that stat with a grain of salt, but five games, no points. It's going to be a big year. I want to see him develop his offensive side at North Dakota a lot this year. So we'll see if he can accomplish that. Now the game itself, the gold medal game, and I, I'll, I'll admit it, I probably wasn't as into the World Juniors as I typically am around Christmas time. And there's a lot of guys, you know, who weren't necessarily in the lineup who you'd like to see. But that to say, man, that was some great hockey. Canada's up two nothing, or sorry, up two nothing in the third period. Finland scores once, they score twice. It goes to overtime. Finland thinks that they're about to win the game. They thought it. they were so close. The puck bounced over goaltender Dylan Grand, and as it hit the goal line, Mason McTavish, team captain, said, "No, not today, not here." So we had some fun with it at Send Central. If you're watching on Twitter or sorry on YouTube, you can see we post this on Twitter. Did pretty well. Game seven is Mason McTavish. The Leafs are the puck. And the second round is the net. Mason McTavish just pulled it right off the goal line. And uh, I want to give credit, actually. We had a, a phenomenal reply here. Again, you can follow the show on Twitter, at Send Central. I got to scroll through all these upset Leaf fans who are uh, rolling through the mentions of this tweet. Um, here we go. Uh, I got to find it. But anyways, here he says that uh, what makes this even better is the fact that it's a Toronto Maple Leafs prospect missing, and it is also an Ottawa-born area. Carp Ontario. Shout out, Carp. Anyone listening, Carp. But it's, uh, oh, it's primetime sense. Okay, I, I really wanted to get that shout out in there because he mentions that Mason McTavish being an Ottawa area guy just kind of adds to the, the beauty of this. It's not quite the Leaf pile, which we'll pull up right here, the Leaf pile. <laughs> Game seven against Tampa. That's always handy for us, but... 
Uh, it was a phenomenal play. And then, so Mason McTavish makes that play in overtime. And next thing you know, they go down the other way. Kent Johnson, after a beautiful feed from Logan Stan Coven, he gets hit and then still aims his backhand pass, gets it over Kent Johnson, stopped on the first attempt, sticks with his rebound. They win gold. So Ridley Gregg is a gold medalist at the World Juniors, joining Jake Sanderson and Tyler Clevin. So that's three gold medals for the 2020 Senators draft class. I'm sure Tim Stutzel wishes he could have got gold, but he'll have to settle for being the best forward in the tournament back in 2020. No uh, no slight against him, though, as Team Germany. Remember that game against Canada? I think it was 16-2. to uh, Welcome to playing Canada at an international event. So Canada wins gold. World Juniors are in the books, and that means we can firmly turn our attention to the Ottawa Senators. Now, interview season here on Locked On Senators will continue for a little bit longer, but then we're going into burning questions. We're going into who the X factor is, who has the most pressure on them, and how much patience can the Ottawa Senators have at the start of this season after back-to-back starts of four wins in their first 20 games. That's what we're going to get into in the next few weeks. I mentioned we've got some fantastic interviews confirmed. Coming up soon here as we enter year four. This is the fourth season of us with Locked On. So we're really excited. Big things coming up. We appreciate you making us your first listen every day. And we've got a whole whack of shows here on the Locked On NHL channel. And leading up to the preseason, we're also going to invite on the hosts of Locked On Canadians, Locked On Leafs, Locked On uh, Sabres, Red Wings, Panthers, Lightning, all the divisional teams. And we're going to get previews from local experts on the biggest story. So make sure you're locked on wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Pillsy will be back on Wednesday. Jimmy Hyde from Down Under will be our Send Central citizen. And again, for bonus coverage, head over to our YouTube page and let us know what you think about the organizational value rankings. For Cameron O'Neill and Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. <laughs>